Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> Is that the way you say it? That's a bingo. You just say bingo. Bingo, how fun. How fun indeed, ladies and gentlemen, it is. Welcome back to Short Story Bingo. My name is Nate Chacon III. If this is your first time, welcome. If it's not, the retention program is working. What we do on this podcast is I'm a glorified narrator to stories you have heard and some that you haven't. It's like Audible, sort of. Um, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsors, uh, Extra T Media. Uh, if you need a music video film, record an audio single, get a drone shot, of your business or home, uh, consultation for a project, tour or uh, excuse me, uh, help with planning out your tour, uh, tips and advice on that, uh, and much more. Visit extratmedia.com. Uh, they have a range of services to help with like all of your media needs. Um, also, I want to give a big shout out to my boy George Life, G Life, Master of Flow. Currently, right now, GeorgeLife.com. You can for purchase there, and then also. Uh, free links to free downloads as well and this sweet ass shirt check it out boom you know master of flow got it all got it rocking man so yeah uh, follow at George Life also be be sure to like follow and to subscribe it certainly helps at short story bingo on IG at Gabino underscore Grimes on Twitter and uh, what else? Fucking and obviously subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't already. Share with your friends. Let them know that this guy has been doing some quirky ass stories and is going to continue to do as such. Um, what we're reading today is out of uh, here, Haunted Salt Lake City, which was by Lori Allen, Cassie Ashton, Kristen Clay, and Annette Watts. It's October. Fucking. Halloween season is in the building, and we are going to get after it today. We're going to read uh, about the city and county building, which is on 4 South and State Street. If you're uh, you know, not from Salt Lake, that's where it's at. But a uh, historic building, they do a great job of uh, giving a, a history of it. So I'm excited to really jump into that. And then there's a ghost story behind it. So, yeah, we're going to keep in tune with the time that we're in right now, the month of October. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, let's, let's go over. I wanted to uh, touch on something that I've done in previous podcasts that we're going to do moving forward, uh, and that's to give a big shout out to the top three countries and top three states that have been listening. And this is just as of today, this morning, uh, when I checked out checked them out. But big shout out to the Netherlands, to Russia, and to Canada. And I mean, the United States is at the top, but it's important to do the other three because, yeah. Uh, and then the top three states is Florida, Florida, not even Utah. This is just the top three, Texas and Idaho. That's what I said. Florida, Texas, and Idaho. Um, and then, of course, let's get into our random Twitter follower shout out. Let's see who it is today. Do do. All right. Uh, okay. Oh, shit. It's uh, at Playboy Short. Uh, that's at P-L-Y-B-O-Y Short. And, of course, it'll be right here. But give him a follow. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's the homie. So that's crazy. But good. Um, also, uh, one thing I wanted to mention about uh, the last episode, I I loved it. Um, baseball is back. And, I mean, sports in general are back. But it's something that, 
really spoke to my soul, man, with being a Yankees fan. So I certainly appreciate all the likes, comments, um, receive some emails. Make sure to email me, shortstorybingo at gmail.com for any stories that you want to hear. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to be putting in some more material from folks that have been sending in uh, content. So with that said, Short Story Bingo, episode 54, Haunted Salt Lake City. We are in the building. Blap, suckers. Yep, and that's what we're going to do. That's how it's going to go, dog. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spare fingers. Yes. All right, so uh, this is actually chapter three in the book, but it's um, it's uh, in reference to the city and county building. I'll just show you. Blap, right there. Um, and this one in particular is by Cassie Ashton. As I mentioned, there's four different authors for this book, but this one in particular is by Cassie Ashton. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, okay, the city and county building is built on what is called Washington Square Park. It was originally called Immigration Square, and immigration is not spelled how you think immigration. Or I'm saying it, I'm saying emigration, not immigration, um, because in okay, it was originally called Immigration Square because in 1847 it was the spot where many families camped when first entering the valley. It's a 10-acre block between 400 and 500 South State Street and 200 East. The building is unique in many ways, including a labyrinth of underground tunnels, didn't know that, that were used to connect the building to the old jail where Salt Lake City's main library now stands. It went through a major renovation and repair from 1986 to 1989, but instead of completely replacing the marble tile, each piece was lifted, cleaned, and reset. Which is super sick, man. It's someone that really appreciates like historical um, places, uh, like to keep the original tile and just like do a quick little cleaning. You know, that's what's up. Uh, okay. The desire was to maintain its historical accuracy. Good. Main, uh, maybe that original beauty is not the only thing that was maintained. Ooh, this is where it starts. Many believe that spirits are more likely to remain when original furniture, objects, or material are present. Okay. Since much of the old building is original, it seems to maintain the energy of many of the people who have wandered the halls. Oh. Uh, okay. The city and county building is Utah's best example of Richardsonian Romanesque architecture. Richardsonian Romanesque architecture let me look that up let's see uh, let's see richardsonian romanesque okay uh oh shit it's a style of romanesque revival architecture named after architect henry hobson richardson okay all right so that's what it is okay 
um, which was a very popular style for public buildings during the turn of the century when it was built. Good. It was built by the Freemasons and dedicated in 1893. It is massive, statuesque, and richly ornamented. It rises 300 feet to a bell tower flanked by clocks. The bell tower offers a view of the whole county from the Ochre Mountains on the west to the Wasatch Mountains on the east. It is a treasure, especially here in the west. They do not construct buildings with that kind of detail and craftsmanship any longer. Big fucking dig to current architects. Thanks for that. It has so much character. Um, it has so much character uh, all on its own without any supernatural activity. Uh, I'm going to put some pictures in here, like in the in posts. But, um, I mean, if you're listening, uh, you know, you're not going to see them. So go to the YouTube and uh, check out the pictures. But this is just a kind of a little blip of, it, of the building there. It's really pretty, man. Honest. Uh, and if it's something, you know, if you're in Salt Lake, make sure you, that, you know, the city and county building is a place that you check check out. Uh, because it definitely has uh, very unique um, pictures and, and things of that nature all over it. All over. Even inside, like they're mentioning the tile. Um, when you go in from the east uh, entrance, which is off of 200 East, um, the initial... Uh, stair draw or the stairs the stairwell is split level so you as you walk in like you go up and you can either go up or go down but even that feel has like uh i don't know like a smaller time frame like a like a, a cool like courthouse type of feel and the the hallways are they're not like narrow they're not narrow they're just not as wide as things used to be so um it's it's certainly it's definitely super fun to go take a look at. So if you're into going checking out historical plate uh, landscapes and things of that nature, the city and county building certainly is one of those to check out. Um, walk around the outside of the building and see the masterfully crafted symbols and scenes depicting events and themes in Utah's history. Carvings of gargoyles, animals, roses, and scrolls. They seem to have a story to tell all their own. It was built to rival the LDS Salt Lake Temple, and it does. So I was reading this part and I did not know that. So they're going to do a dip, deeper dive into that. But it was built to rival the LDS Salt Lake Temple. It was built by Freemasons. So or like I, I assume funded more so. But yeah, that's something um, that I find super interesting. The construction of the building was riddled with controversy. It was built as a distinct statement of separation of church and state. You know? You'll be. Um, okay. In the shit. In the shit. Uh, many non-Mormon political officials wanted to make a clear statement that Utah was not run by the Catholic Church. Uh, um, Utah was separate and served all the many people who had flocked to the beautiful city built by Brigham Young and the Mormons. So, yeah, like... To, like the separation of church and state part, that's I, I when I first read this, I was taken back for that reasoning because I thought, I mean, with no research, P.S., that it was built by the early settlers or something to that degree that they had something to do with it. But like to know that it was completely like, OK, well, you guys got your temple. Well, where this where city and county and business affairs for the state happen, it's going to be completely separate 
from what you guys are fucking doing because there's a separation between church and state. That's really, really a breath of fresh air for me personally. Um, okay. Uh, Mayor Robert N. Baskin, who oversaw its building, said it would be a temple of justice and in some measure a representation of the majesty of the law. In its superstructure, it will rise above its surroundings, and as it towers above its environment, so will the majesty and dignity of the law, as represented in the municipal, state, and national governments, rise above church influence and conditions. Hell yeah. It has lived up to its purpose to be inclusive of all those who enter, be they living or dead. All right. I love that introduction to give, uh, you know, a preface to the inside of the city and county building and what it stood for and what it stands for even today. All right. So it's called, uh, well, the ghost story within these walls presented is a walk with the dead. Bill, and I can't wait to figure out a voice for Bill, so strap in. Bill, the night security guard at the Salt Lake City and County Building was thrilled when his boss asked him if he would honor uh, honor a request from a team of paranormal investigators to spend a few hours in the building one evening. The paranormal investigators, ghost hunters, had asked permission to to conduct an investigation primarily for training purposes. They wanted to test some new equipment and train a new team member. This building was perfect for their project. Ghost hunters were almost guaranteed a paranormal appearance. Dope. So they're ready to rock and roll. Fucking walking in. All right. The crew consisted of Mitch, the cameraman, and boss. Oh, wait. The crew consisted of Mitch, the cameraman, and boss, Jules, the audio expert, and Natasha, the newbie. They came fully equipped with a new air um, air ion counter, uh, EMF meters. uh, EMF stands for electromagnetic field. EVP, electronic voice phenomena. Um, excuse me, EVP digital recorders, EVP means electronic voice phenomena, still cameras and video cameras, flashlights covered with red film, candles to back up the flashlights, a compass, thermometers, talcum powder, and other such devices. Talcum powder, of course, for when they get really fucking scared and shit their pants and have to change themselves. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, they're ready to capture unknown faces. Follow unseen footsteps or hear answers to questions they asked in the dark. That's one of my, um, I don't know how many times you guys did this as kids. I know I did it all the time. We would uh, read out of like uh, the scary stories to tell in the dark. Those books, that's that series of books um, by Alvin Schwartz. I've read one actually on here. Um, the uh, uh, can't think off the top of my head. Can't think off the top of my head. This is what's happening. Um, Fuck, what did I, uh, uh, it's the one that is the Scarecrow. Oh, Harold, got him. Okay, anyway, um, my cousins and I are like my friends. We would uh, read from those all the time. So with them detailing that, like Ghost Hunters, when they do that, like those shows, when they do that, I get really um, confused. I don't get confused. I'm just like, damn, like this is what you guys do. Don't do after watching shows like the conjuring and shit, don't you ever think that you might get a, like an attachment? People talk about that, like getting attached or something, or like an entity attaching to it, to you. And like you taking that back. That's why it, and it's like a big thing that people talk about within those shows is that like, you can get an attachment or something like that. So I don't, I don't know. And maybe 
somebody might be able to point me in the right direction here. But like those ghost hunter shows, I don't, I don't get them. I don't understand if they're re- if it's real or what. I'm, I'm, I'm as much as an optimist in that field as I am a pessimist. So it's like a fine line that I walk on that. But okay, uh, Bill, your boss mentioned that you actually enjoy the graveyard shift where many others have la- haven't lasted long. What's your secret? Mitch asked after introductions were made. I'd heard the rumors about all kinds of spirits walking the halls, Bill answered. But that is what intrigued me about this job. I like ghosts. I've always been fascinated with the paranormal possibility. I guess my curiosity keeps me open and on my toes. What should we be watching for? Mitch asked. Well, many ghosts are reported to be in the building, Bill said. There is at least one story for every floor. Probably more. But a lot of the stories have gotten mixed up and made up. I'll tell you what I've learned and the stories that I think are true. Maybe your equipment will help establish the truth of some of the rumors. Let's head up to the fifth floor. As they piled into the elevator, Bill asked, What equipment would you use to see if anyone was in the elevator with us right now? I know. Check the EMF detector, Natasha answered excitedly, pulling it out. It should show us if there are any electromagnetic fluctuations. Natasha turned on the EMF detector and they all looked to see if the needle registered any activity. Nothing, Mitch asked. Has something happened before? Oh yeah, said Bill. One night, a security guard was doing rounds. He was headed up to the fifth floor when the elevator opened. A distinguished older man exited. They nodded and greeted each other. The man then passed down the hall, carrying a cane and wearing an older style of clothes, very formal with top hat and tails. The guard wasn't surprised by the odd clothing. The city officials often attend galas, fundraisers, or special parties that require them to be dressed up. So he was used to seeing someone in period costume. But when the guard looked back for a second glance, no one was there. Fuck! What? What? <laughs> um, he mentally went through the offices in the building trying to figure out who had greeted him. But he was drawing a blank. The guard was frustrated. He took pride in knowing who was in the building, especially those who tended to work late. As he continued doing rounds on the third floor... He passed the portrait of former Salt Lake City Mayor R.N. Baskin, who had been mayor when the building was built and not to be confused with Carol Baskins. Oh, wait, no, that's not in here. (laughs) That's my fault. Oh, shit. When he glanced at the portrait, the guard gave a double take. He stopped and stared at it. Suddenly it hit him. He was looking at the man who had greeted him at the elevator. Look at this is the portrait of R.N. Baskin right here. Right there, see him. I'll put another one on there. It probably looks stupid. Uh, He was looking at the man who had greeted him at the elevator. The ghost of long-deceased R.N. Baskin. The gossip was true. Mayor Baskin roams the halls watching over his beloved building. Natasha asked, Bill, have you ever seen the mayor? Bill smiled and shrugged. Let's just say this is an active building. I would suggest taking pictures of Mayor Baskin's portrait because 
All orbs often appear with them. I'm going to get the camera rolling and see if I can pick up any activity, Mitch said as they got off the elevator. It may take a while before I spot anything. While he does that, Bill, will you guide us to the fourth floor? Asked Jules. I've heard there are children on that floor. I want to set up some audio recordings and see what we can pick up on the EVP device. Maybe the kids will answer us. Let's take the stairs, Bill answered. As they walked down the stairs to the fourth floor, Jules asked, Have you um, heard the stories of children in the building? Sure, Bill said. I think my favorite story about the children happened in the restroom on that floor. What the fuck? What? What? <laughs> in the restroom on that floor. Oh. Maybe it's me. I'm a little fucked up. No, it's not. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. No, you're funny because you just said that your favorite story is about the kids that were inside the bathroom. That's why you're funny. Um, Beatrice was... Okay, Bill said, I think my favorite story was about the children happened... Uh, about the children happened in the restroom on that floor. Beatrice was an executive assistant. She was proud of the work she did and didn't have time for shenanigans. She followed the rules and expected everyone else to as well. One afternoon, she needed to be alone and escape to the employee restroom. Okay? Common solace for most folks. I like to uh, take my own time as well. She checked to make sure she was alone and then entered a stall to sit down and think quietly. Well, she exited her bowels. Her moment of solitude was broken by the giggling voices of children playing around. First off, fuck that. It, like, yeah, for sure. No, that's... Mm -mm. Nope. You for real? Yes! Mm -hmm. Her moment of solitude was broken by the giggling voices of children playing around. She'd had enough, and she was also done peeing. She burst out of the stall. You children get out of here, she yelled. You have no business being in here making a mess. How did you get in here anyway? The room was empty. The children weren't by the sink. One by one, she opened the stalls as she continued to berate the children. This restroom is reserved for employees. You need to go back with your parents and quiet down. This is a place of business, she said. She found no one. Exasperated, she washed up and left, only to hear a ball bouncing down the stairs. That was too much. This was not a playground. She wanted those kids gone. She called security, but they wouldn't investigate. Beatrice was always complaining about children and noises, and they never found anything. Finally, they blamed the commotion on the presence of two phantom children who had died during the construction of the building. That just upset her more. Did any kids die in the building? Natasha asked. Yeah. The site had previously been a park, Bill answered. During the construction of the building, a brother and sister were playing around on the construction site, fell down a shaft, and died. The sculpture on the west side of the building is often thought to be a memorial to them. It was a gift from the children of Salt Lake City. Dude, and that is crazy because there really is a statue of children that is outside the city and county building. Right there. That's wild. 
What do you think about that, George? It's crazy. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen that statue a bunch of times. Yeah, and to think that it's two kids that fell down a shaft. I have a few thoughts. Okay. First of all, I wonder, is this Governor Baskins the Baskin Robbins? Oh, maybe. Ice cream's big out here. Okay, ice cream is big. And um, I, I liked your point about the separation of church and state. I yeah. never knew that either. Yeah. And that Freemasons built it. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Okay. Um... Sorry. No, no, I'll get it. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, okay, so the sculpture on the west side of the building is often thought to be a memorial to them. It was a gift from the children of Salt Lake City. This is great, Jewel said. My new air I encounter is already showing some readings. Natasha, why don't you start the recorder and watch for any readings that might suggest communication? Maybe ask a question like, are you here? Let's see what we can pick up. Bill went back to the fifth floor, clearly irritated with them fucking up the building. Just kidding. And found Mitch, who was ex, uh, who was exited, who was excited to share what had happened. You were right to tell me to film in the law library, Mitch said. I got a great shot. And as I was panning the tightly packed bookshelves with my video camera, I hesitated in front of a book that was not flush with the others. It seemed to be pushed forward. And then it slowly fell to the ground. I got it all on film. It was awesome. We should show the girls. About an hour later, Bill and the ghost hunters gathered together on the third floor with all their equipment. Bill, why did you want us together on this floor? Jules asked. I think the third floor has the most activity, responded Bill. I'm fairly certain one of the rooms is a portal. Dun, dun, dun. What do you mean portal? Natasha asked. A passageway between worlds. See, a portal is normally considered... If you ever have seen Ghostbusters 2, do you recall the portal that those two monsters went to? That, 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 anyway, that was a portal that they had went... Bill, Bill, fucking, we got it, man. We understand what portal... Well, Natasha here asked a question, and so I just want to answer a question. But we got it, Bill. No, we got it. Is the air ion counter fucking going, man? <laughs> what, like, what do you mean, portal? What do you expect him to say to that? Except for a passageway between worlds. <laughs> Bill said, a doorway for easier access. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. A passageway to other worlds. To some, a doorway to easier access. Okay, great. Uh, oh, that is so cool, Natasha said. What room? Don't say, don't say a word, Bill, Mitch interrupted. If there is a portal, we should be able to find it with our equipment. Make sure you have the compass out for and a thermometer. Okay. Also, just let him just fucking tell us. Um, you told us about the two children. Okay. Uh, you told us about the two children and the mayor. Jules said, I have heard stories of a bride, a mother, and a pioneer judge. Who else is here? There are enough reports of female sounds in a nurturing feeling that I am sure there is a woman, Bill responded. But the reports, uh, but the reports of a jilted bride or the mother of the children who were killed never made sense to me. The mother would be grief-stricken. But the descriptions are never sad, just busy and active. I have my own suspicions of who the woman is. Bill stopped and paused. 
Well, don't stop there. Who? How? What? said Natasha. Bill smiled. He loved telling these stories. Nights are quiet, Bill continued. The chaos and commotion of the day are gone. I was walking the halls one night, lost in thought, typically as I usually do as soon as I listen to my, my, my stories on my phone. Suddenly, in the stillness, I felt a presence or something brushed by me. I stopped. I looked around. Pausing, I took a deep breath and farted a little. Closed my eyes and listened. It was faint, but I could hear fabric dragging on the ground, like the swish of a full skirt. Then the fading sound of clicking heels as someone hurried down the hall. I opened my eyes, but naturally the hall was empty. I was on the third floor, standing next to room 335, the room dedicated to Martha Hughes Cannon. Suddenly it dawned on me. The ghost wasn't a mother or a bride. I am certain it is Dr. Cannon. Who's Dr. Cannon? Natasha asked. Great question, Natasha. Martha Hughes Cannon was the first woman to be a state senator in the United States, Bill said. Natty was a maverick, a force to be reckoned with. Maddie immigrated to the, and referring to Martha Hughes Cannon, Maddie immigrated to the United States as a child, arriving in Utah when she was four. By the age of 14, she was earning wages as a, as a school teacher. Later, she worked as a telegraph operator so she could earn money to attend medical school. Dope. She traveled east to earn a medical degree, as well as degrees in pharmacology and elocution and oratory. When she returned to Utah, she became a resident physician at Deseret Hospital. It was there that she met Angus M. Cannon, who was the superintendent of the hospital. Maddie became Angus Cannon's fourth wife and had three children with him. Common fucking thing, whatever. Um, I just saw a story last night. I was watching, you know what? I don't know. It was about Richard Pryor and how many wives he had. So, and that was just, you know, recent. So, whatever. But good for Maddie for figuring her shit out and becoming a doctor and helping out other people. She was a strong advocate for women's rights and the suffrage movement. She did not mind. <laughs> there we go. All right. This is Utah history, ladies and gentlemen. So get ready for polygamy. Fucking yeah. <laughs> she was a strong advocate for women's rights and the suffrage movement. She did not mind being a plural wife because she felt it gave her more time and freedom to pursue a career. An interesting way to look at it. She believed women were better mothers if they worked. Okay. Maddie commented in an interview with the San Francisco examiner shortly after she won her election. Somehow I know that women who stay home all the time have the most unpleasant homes there are. You give me a woman who thinks about something besides cook stoves and wash tubs and baby flannels, and I'll show you nine times out of ten a successful mother. She also pursued a career in politics and became the first female state senator to hold office in the United States. She was a senator for the 6th senatorial, uh, senatorial District in Salt Lake County in 1896. The campaign attracted a lot of attention. Not just because she was also a woman, but because she was also running against her husband in the election. What? 
are you talking about? What? 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 <laughs> hey, what happened? Yeah. Uh, the campaign attracted a lot of attention, not just because she was a woman, but because she was also running against her husband in the election. She ran as a Democrat and her husband ran as a Republican. Talk about a divided fucking home. Uh, and she won more divided, but because she's a plural wife, she doesn't need to see him all the time. So how divided is it really? Fuck. Oh man. Her office was in the city and county building. Okay. Circling back to the county building. All right. Her office was in the city and county building. She served for two terms. Dope. Good for you. Honestly, for real, like, I know I'm making jokes and shit, but good for her. I'm glad that, like, even during, like, women's suffrage, uh, she was, she reached the levels that she did. So it's fucking super dope. She served for two terms. She fought hard for better public health and to protect the rights of children and those with disabilities. Fantastic. Awesome. Over 100 years later, Maddie continues to receive attention by... Showing up in unexpected ways. And this is how I see Bill. Like, if you're watching this right now, or, I mean, if you're listening, check it out. But his eyes are just, like, in, in unexpected ways. <laughs> just, like, always trailing off. Like, in unexpected ways. And fucking Mitch, Bill, come on. Hey. It doesn't surprise me that she still roams the halls, continuing to nurture our citizens. It makes more sense to me than a bride, Bill concluded. I like this gal. Have you seen her? Asked Jules. Yeah, I believe I have, but mostly I hear her, Bill said. They had walked into the city council chambers when Bill stopped. Ooh. ooh. Wow. Oh, wait, when Bill stopped. Hey, what does the thermometer say? He asked. Wow, it is 60 degrees in here, Natasha said. Do you usually keep the room this cold at night? And check this out. The compass is spinning. There are all kinds of electro electromagnetic fields bouncing off in this room. So what would you say is going on in here? Mitch patiently asked. And I said it not patient. This is probably the portal Bill was talking about, isn't it? Natasha answered wide-eyed. Yep. This room has the original carpet and some original fixtures which aid in maintaining the energy of all the people who have passed through here, Bill said. It is near the room where I snapped a picture of a male ghost, and I usually keep all my pictures of male ghosts in a particular portfolio that I've... That some of them are naked, and I don't know if you guys wanted to know that or not. Bill, fuck! Right here, we're right here, man. Anyway, so yeah, I took a picture of a male ghost. You have a picture of a ghost? How did you get that? Jules asked. I was doing rounds one night about midnight when I walked into the corner office on the northwest side. There was a cold spot in front of the fireplace. I quickly grabbed my phone. You never know what you might get. I had captured the distinct image of a male ghost. The ghost was probably Mayor John Clark, but maybe the judge or maybe Joe. If you want to see the photo... It was printed in the Deseret News on October 26, 2006. What? Hold on. I quickly grabbed... Let me... I'm going to read that without the voice because I... That's... Okay. I was doing rounds one night about midnight when I walked into the corner office on the northwest side. There was a cold spot in front of the fireplace. I quickly grabbed my phone and you never know what you might get. 
I had captured the distinct image of a male ghost. The ghost was probably Mayor John Clark, but maybe the judge or maybe Joe. If you want to see the photo, it was printed in the Deseret News on October 26, 2006. I'm going to find that picture right now. Deseret News. News. October 6, uh, 2006, ghost picture. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, I'll put it up in posts, but yeah, found it. All right. Um, you really are good at uh, you really are good at this, Jewel said. Maybe you should join our team of paranormal investigators. Sounds like you are a bit of a ghost magnet. I still want to know about the last ghost you mentioned, Natasha asked. The judge, or who else did you say? Well, the rumor is that a pioneer judge hanged himself or died of a heart attack from suspicious causes. Bill responded. And if he still walks the halls, you can recognize him by the steady syncopation of his walk due to his peg leg. I've heard it described as a tap, thud, tap, thud, tap, tap, the down, down, up, up, left, right, A, B, A, B. I did a bit of, okay, no, no. I did a bit of investigating trying to find out who the judge was, but I couldn't find a record of a judge with an artificial leg. What I did find was Joe Hill. Joe Hill was a jack of all trades. He came to Utah in 1913 and found work in the mines in Park City. He had joined the IWW, which is the Industrial Workers of the World, or Wobblies, as what they were also called, in 1910, and often wrote songs about the working man's life. His songs were published in the IWW songbook and were popular. They were often used in labor rallies or organizing drives and sung at rallies supporting strikes. Some say that the copper bosses didn't want him around to incite tension among the mine workers. Okay, so he was someone who was, uh, I'm sure, like pro-union or something, I would imagine, and... Yeah, the industrial workers of the world. His songs were published, okay, for labor rallies. Let's see. I, I'm curious to see if we can find a Joe Hill song. So Joe Hill, IWW. Let's see if we can find. That'd be cool shit if we could have one. Do, 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 do. Um, there's Power in a Union, Joe Hill. Let's see. Oh, these are songs. These are his songs. Let's hear just like a little bit of this. Would you have freedom from wage slavery? Then join in the grand industrial band. Would you from misery and hunger be free? Then come do your share like a man. Okay. There is power, there is power in the band of working men. All right, okay, yep. So that's a sample of the song by Joe Hill of the Wobblies. It's called Songs Songs of the Wobblies. Yeah, all right. Well, he definitely made some music. That's cool. Good for you, Joe. Okay, in 1914, okay, so, yep. In 1914, he was conveniently 
accused of murdering a store owner. So shitting on his name because he's probably, you know, inciting different thoughts in people's minds about what's going on. Accused of murdering a store owner, though all evidence was circumstantial, Joe's guilt or innocence became polarized by labor issues and trial irregularities. The judge did call Joe into his chambers for a private chat, but Joe refused to give an alibi for his whereabouts the night of the murder. Hey man, give an alibi. The trial held here in the Salt Lake City and County building. That's where I get those vibes. I'm telling you like if of a, yeah, of a courthouse uh, ended in Joe's death sentence. So he was sentenced to death. It had gained national attention and the sentence was followed by national outrage. Telegrams flooded in. President Woodrow Wilson intervened twice, requesting a stay of execution. Damn! But when he, uh, but when the stays ran out, Hill died in a flurry, a fury of bullets on November nineteenth, nineteen fifteen. The President of the United States sent in two stays for his execution, and those were overridden. What? That doesn't make sense to me. What? What? Okay. Um, I don't, I don't even, that's hard to process. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think, uh, I think the mystery ghost everyone claims to experience is either the trial judge or even Joe Hill himself. He was known for saying, don't mourn, organize. In his last will, he quoted from a poem. Moss does not cling to a rolling stone. Maybe he has organized a whole group of ghosts, Bill concluded. Then also joked, because that's only a joke. That can only be a joke. I suppose uh, I suppose the wrongly accused may have a reason to cause a little ruckus every now and then, Mitch said. Have you ever sprinkled talcum powder in the hallways to see if you could catch any footprints, Mitch asked? I haven't, but... That is probably because I don't want to clean up the mess. <laughs> Bill chuckled. <laughs> I think it would be fun to try. A great place to do that would be down in the tunnels. Dog, also tunnels. Tunnels, underground tunnels. George, underground tunnels, bro. Do you know what I'm saying? All over downtown. Is that true? Yeah. I didn't know that either. All over downtown there's tunnels? Have you been in any of them? Yeah, I, that, went, I went in the tunnels underneath Shapiro's luggage at the old Crossroads Mall. Yeah, because I knew the guy that owned it, Eric Shapiro. Uh huh. And it was crazy. Wow, I'm gonna have to find some more stuff on the tunnels because that's that's still wild to me. Um, do you mind if we come back another night and do that and continue investigating? Asked Mitch. This has been marvelous. We have some great data to review, but I told your boss we'd only stay a few hours. You bet. Bill replied, I love swapping stories and wives and stories, but mostly stories. <laughs> Just kidding. I love swapping stories. Try to come back in the fall. The change of the weather seems to elicit new activity. October. <laughs> one thing uh, one thing is for sure, Jules said. The ghosts in this building have some distinct personalities. This place is great. Thanks for all your help tonight. It has been eye-opening. Jules gave Bill a quick hug. Not long enough for Bill to like it. 
I'm fucking terrible. I'll go to hell by myself. And that's fine. I don't give a shit. That's okay. Jules gave Bill a quick hug and they headed down the steps of the majestic old Salt Lake City and County building. Bill waved and watched as the ghost uh, watched the ghost hunters drive away. He turned around and gazed at the building that he had promised to watch over and protect. He chuckled to himself. He chuckled to himself as he realized that even though 100 years had passed, the old building was still doing a good job keeping up with its architectural rival, the Salt Lake Temple. Those who visit the Salt Lake Temple Temple honor those who have passed away, and those who have passed away visit the Salt Lake City and County Building. Smiling to himself, Bill thought, I am grateful to be a guardian of the ghosts. He went back inside to finish his shift. Dope, man. And that is the conclusion of that. The city and county building. Wow. Um, yeah, the biggest takeaways that I have from that are that, that I did not... I, I know I've thought that there are tunnels or whatever, but I didn't know that there, were, there are tunnels. Um, and then I didn't know that the city and county building was made to rival the salt lake temple that gives me hope that even back in you know we've long wanted to make sure that there was a separation of church and state even though that has still been a major point of contention today so that but that even still is nice to know that they were like you know what no we have our you know there's law and order stuff here or whatever there's you know this is where we do business for um the state and that's where you guys can go do your church stuff and all that other shit. Um, which is, uh, yeah, that's something that I, a big takeaway for me. And then um, also the fact that within the five floors, uh, I'm sure that there's stories for days, for fucking months, years, um, decades of things that have happened in that building. Have And, oh my God. And then the structure of the two kids outside and how... It was, I mean, it's not totally confirmed, obviously, but that it's of two kids that died during the construction of it. But um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Episode 54, Red Out of Haunted Salt Lake. This is a book that you can catch. Um, I uh, I recently saw it actually at Walgreens um, that you can even just walk into there and grab it out there um, if you're in the valley. Otherwise, there'll be a link in the description for um, the, uh, you know, where you can get the book online. Nevertheless, make sure to follow, um, follow, like, and subscribe. The likes count. Hit the bell to be alerted when they premiere on um, on YouTube. Um, and then um, please leave me a rating uh, online, five stars or four, three, two, one. If you don't like it, I'm okay with constructive criticism. I mean, read the comments for the mule on YouTube and have fun with how many people fucking loved that episode. Um, but yeah, I certainly appreciate it, man. Uh, Make sure to go follow at Extra T Media. Check out their merch on uh, extratmedia.com, um, georgelife.com as well. And uh, I know I'm missing something. So, oh, short story bingo at gmail.com. Please send me any other stories you have. Want to talk a little shit, whatever the case. I am more than happy to um, talk with my fans, talk with my followers, talk with my friends, talk with my fam. So, Short Story Bingo, episode 54. My name is Nate Chacon III, and I'm out.
Dun, dun, dun. Spare fingers. Yes.